0: five four three two one I'm John Miglosh for the WdMA we're talking about direct marketing and direct mail today surprise <laughs> anyway I'm excited today uh I've been working on RFM because i'm I'm giving a, a talk for Brian Kurtz and I'll put the link down below but Brian Kurtz has a group of what he calls the Titans and it's a bunch of uh marketing and advertising and business owners and uh, they get together most weeks for like two hours (laughs) I thought my 20-minute talk every day was a lot but anyway I guess if you added it up it'd be about the same anyway let's get over to the fun Uh, this is from print impressions magazine and uh, it's a regular feature that I haven't really explored and it's about uh, a kind of uh, a kind of foil printing that I hadn't, that I wasn't familiar with,
1: so I learned a bit. Gleaming examples of what can be achieved with envelopes, which in many cases is the first thing a brand or marketer's customer will see—the direct mail that you produce. These examples were produced using a four-color litho process on a 70-pound metalized stock from Nisha Metalizing shine. Solutions. Registered embossing was go. used to create a tactile feel which gives the envelope some added depth. This one also features a custom die cut fish window on the back, which pushes the design even further. If I was a brand or marketer, I would love to get creative with something like this because the little details can make a big difference. We spoke with Stephen White, chief marketing officer at Parkland Direct, who explained that the brightness level on this type of application is much higher than cold foil with a lower price point. The process utilizes more than 93 percent of the paper allowing this substrate to be an affordable option for large volume direct mail if you have a cool printed application that you've seen or that you want to share let us know i'll include contact information below
0: okay well thank you for that so parkland i would guess that this isn't exclusive to parkland um that that it's a paper product that uh that is available Across the board, but I'll talk with printers I know, and I, I'll reach out to uh, to Parkland and tag them in the article. So I hope they'll comment and and uh, and share, as that's what we do. Okay, so so much for that. Let's go over to the to the uh, regular news. Right here we go. Okay, gay bars, boy. <laughs> I can't even read this. Gay Bar Boycotts Bud Light. I don't know if it's Gay Bars, but it's Gay Bar Boycotts Bud Light. This is from my friend Ask. And uh, so we'll tag her in the article if we can. Sometimes we can't, but I always write to her. Because she has some of the most unusual and interesting content. Uh, So Grills Seafood Deck and Tiki Bar. Put up an open letter. They, too, will clear away all their Bud Light branding, clear away all of their Bud Light branding and beer from their restaurant. Okay? Got it? This is a gay bar, though. You know, you thought the LGBTQ plus was together? Uh, Well, they don't like it either. And uh, they said they've been promoting Bud Light for nearly three decades at their bar, but not anymore and they said that they knew exactly what you were doing when you launched this campaign. This wasn't a marketing mistake your corporation knew the firestorm they would ignite somehow I doubt that's true because it's like sales are down like four billion, and uh, that's real money even to them I imagine and uh, Miller Light and Coors Light have Coors Light. I mean, you might as well drink sparkling water. But anyway, <laughs> it's not my favorite. <laughs> I don't drink light beer. If I'm going to drink a beer, I'm going to drink a beer. Not Bud, not Miller, not nothing. No light beers for me. I don't drink much beer anyway. I, I <laughs> Hams I drink lately. <laughs> Ham's beer, because I remember the commercials. Uh, Ham's beer tastes great wherever you go when I was a kid. Okay, so Bob Hoffman has a few wise words, and this is like spot on with what I would I would advise. Here it goes. Politics is nasty business. The minute you take a position on anything, <laughs> you alienate half the population. Don't believe me? I'll send you some emails I get. <laughs> Your job as a marketer is to sell stuff, and I think that is, you know, Alyssa. I listened to her little talk, you know, and I think she she was trying to expand the market. But if you're not careful, if you if you if you market in in a broad way. Where both your regular customers and your prospective new customers are both privy to the information, you have to tread very lightly. When we started uh, the, the the girls' softball, uh, the fast pitch softball catalog for Baseball Express, we wanted to make sure not to alienate the traditional softball express customers who were generally, you know, uh, volunteer firemen or something. <laughs> so we didn't want to put, just put, start putting, well, maybe they would have liked it, you know, <laughs> girls on the covers of our magazine. We could have approached it that way, tried to get girls that 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 volunteer firemen would like. But instead, we decided to do a separate version. We kept the fire. The the retired fireman on the cover, kind of guy with big arms and maybe a big belly, you now swinging away. Sent that to our traditional customer and excluded them from the catalog with a girl on the cover. You know, with the fast pitch. Uh, when we 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 found a, a huge market for for this was for a dog grooming catalog. And instead of just, it was, it was, but it was the, it was the people didn't care how the dog looked. It was the dog clippers, we called them, but it was more generally for pet, for dog owners across the board. So it was probably a 20 times bigger market for somebody who just wanted their dog clipped in the spring than someone who wanted a coiffured look uh, for the holiday picture or something, you know, like a hundred dollars versus $14. And so we, we carefully excluded the professional dog groomers from this new promotion and grew the company twenty percent, but kept them separate. So you want to you want to be careful. Okay? Your job is to sell stuff. Nobody needs your opinion. Nobody gives a flying shisa about your philosophy. Write that in big letters above your desk. Brand purpose is the first thing that is the first hiding place of bad marketers. I'll, I'll let that one go on its own. Marketing is about probabilities and likelihoods. The likelihood of one can of beer causing extreme damage to a category leading brand was tiny, but you never know, you know, actually, uh, GK Chesterton has a, has a uh, a short story on this called The Ethics, or an essay, I would say, called The Ethics of Elfland. And he explains that the world does turn on things like this. Someone bites an apple, and all of a sudden sin runs rampant in the world. <laughs> it's the way it is. It, the world is, he says, the world is generally r- rational and orderly, <laughs> unless it isn't. There's a, he says there's an undercurrent of wildness, of unpredictability. And in science, you know, the more we know, the more questions we have, right? The more we find out we don't know. And so watch out for hubris. I keep the Hubble deep space image on my computer. If I could turn the camera around, you'd see it right in front of me. Half the screen is, is galaxies that were unknown until the Hubble got up in space. Completely unknown. They had a pretty good idea of how big the universe was until Hubble. And it just blew the doors off everything. It completely blew the doors off. You know, in one speck of space the size of a grain of sand held at arm's length, they found 1,500 new galaxies, each containing about 200 billion stars. And it's that way in all directions. Now we know. Okay, social media is millions of unpleasant people looking to make trouble. You've been warned. What great words of wisdom from Ask and from Bob Hoffman, uh, who I reached out to this morning and I will tag in the article. Okay, this was exciting. I'm going to be speaking for Brian Kurtz tomorrow for his Titans. Right, I'll put the link in, as I said. And there's a new... There's a new variable that I have never heard of. Now, just like the the stars in the sky, I believe that there's probably an infinite number of variables that could be calculated for any event or any object. Like, how far is this from the center of the sun? Or how far is this from the most distant star? Which is a long way, a lot further away than we thought. (laughs) There's literally an infinite number of variables, most of which are worthless. You should keep that in mind also when you do your modeling. But this was interesting, and I'm going to explore it more. It's a it's a 42 minute article uh, from just last month. But I started looking up RFM because you know I'm speaking on it, and I thought, well, you know, is anybody still interested in it? And there were in the past month there were literally dozens and dozens of articles discussing RFM recency frequency monetary. If you don't know, and so I would uh, I was I'm just stunned. Because I've been noodling around with RFM for literally, mm, I would say, 40 years. And, uh, well, not really 40 years. We didn't do much with it until we really got further into the computer age. And we started applying computer technology to, uh, to marketing. But certainly by the mid-80s, we were, we were exploring RFM. So, yeah, almost 40 years. And so this article cites some of the, it says, you know, everybody cites recency, frequency, monetary, but it suffers from insufficiency by ignoring other important parameters. Very, very true. I'm going to be talking about RFM from its inception all the way through to machine learning and AI, which is what this article does. Not the way I would do it, but anyway, They're, they're, they're adding diversity. And it's not the kind of diversity that, you know, Harvard talks about or the advertising community talks about. This is the diversification of products purchased by a given customer. They said most people will analyze what's bought with what, you know, because they think that they can personalize with that, but it's a very dangerous game and it probably doesn't work. Instead, this paper discusses the idea of what variety is in the shopping cart, what categories and what's interesting to me is uh this this may really help at retail but in in most catalog companies that we look at um, you know Cabela's were shocked when they found out that even though most of their friends hunted and fished you know dick said that dick hunted and fished he's i said uh, i I showed him that only about five percent of their customer file bought both hunting and fishing right and I think the explanation is that you know, I grew up fishing. I didn't need the world's, the world's best outfitter to tell me what to do for fishing, what would work and what fishing lures to buy. On the other hand, for hunting, I was new to hunting. So I wanted to buy good stuff, not make big mistakes. Um, so I bought hunting from Cabela's and I didn't buy much fishing. Um, anyway, I would recommend this article and I'll post it in the show notes. Available at WDMA.org. You just have to go and subscribe, which is free. Um, You will get notified if we have an event or we'll try to notify you if we have an event. I'm trying, you know, I try. I'm trying more and more things with that, but nothing seems to work that much. But, you know, I don't spend my time dreaming of how to email you Uh, so you'll be lucky to get one or two a month we should do more I know but that's the best we can do so anyway I recommend the article get over there and subscribe now I'm punching my way through Neil Patel's article and it seems to be getting better uh, as we go but it's definitely too much for one article direct mail is for all ages we're at point number 10 I consider this Neil writes one of the most compelling reasons that direct mail isn't dead, and he cites statistics about uh, only 62% of people over the age of 70 have a smart even have a smartphone, and uh, it decreases all the way to 17% as the age goes up. 46% of adult Americans only 46% of adult Americans over 65 use Facebook, so they're not even available on one of the biggest social networks. I doubt if they use TikTok also. <laughs> of senior adults don't even access the Internet. There you go. So direct mail, everyone checks the mail, and because of that, your postcards and coupons can turn just about anyone into a customer. Right. And a lot of times those seniors have real money, unlike the emerging Gen Zs. Direct mail is creative. When it comes to direct mail and creativity, the sky's the limit okay and that we know is true from the fish example we saw I wonder what they were marketing with that fish it said don't let the big ones get away i'm not sh- that's all i could read on it but i don't know what the product was anyway here's a controversial example and again i kind of wonder how they marketed this adt created adt the security company created a folded sort of envelope thing that had rubber bands inside it and they'd slide it under the door over here can you see that they'd slide it under the door i apologize it's a little bit small they slide it under the door and uh once it got inside it would pop open (laughs) and it would say on it it's easier to break into your apartment than you might think (laughs) because it looks like somebody broke in left a box and left, and you know, went out. And I guess there's then, then, then uh, on the box or inside the box is information on how to uh, on how to subscribe to ADT services. <clears throat> but but you know, the post office wouldn't slide that under everybody's door, so they must have hired they must have hired some kind of delivery person or something to do uh, to do apartment buildings. Anyway, maybe the distributor, ADT Distribute, local distributor. Maybe there is a local distributor. On the box it read, breaking into your apartment is easier than you think. <laughs> and You think, did someone build, break into my house? A gym in Brazil did uh, struggled with members quitting because they didn't see immediate results. That's true. <laughs> As a reminder that getting results takes consistent time in the gym, they send out calendars to their members with illustrated gradual progress they'd see if they stuck with the program yeah, that's kind of, and it's kind of a clever way to illustrate that because they didn't really show you know people with weight challenges <laughs> they showed uh, that they showed mainly the silhouette with sort of extra lines around it like You know, even if you're that like that, you could be like this. It's a very, very clever illustration, I have to say. So coming up with flashy ideas is not easy. If you're naturally creative, if you're not naturally creative, then talk with someone who is. If a security system, I like this, and a gym can come up with interesting direct mail pieces, the chances that you can too, the chances that you can too, just takes a little extra thought. So, you know, this is getting better as it goes along, but you know I'll, I'll chip into, mo- I'll try to finish it up tomorrow. I thought I was going to finish it up today because I only had four to go, but I think I think this is going to be a good one too. So like and share, especially comment. I love some thoughtful comments, especially on Bud Hoffman's thoughts in the uh, Bud Light article. That would be a great thing to talk about. So. Have a great day. Your friends will think you're smart. Bye-bye.